When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton jamie rivers we have been in the room for about 10 minutes with each other uh just to let you know uh, it's about a, a stop it it's uh, about 11 a.m central on monday the day of the trade deadline and uh, these two are making me want to walk out, like, right now already. The ball busting is at a, a, a premium today. But uh, the reason that I said that about the trade deadline, Blues at this point have not done anything as of yet. Nope, nothing to report just yet. I keep uh, refreshing the old phone here. I got the flip phone open today. For people who like to follow it, like yourself and like yeah. myself and like Donnie, and I know we said this last time, on Twitter, who are your follows? Obviously, wow. Jeremy Rutherford. I have Darren Drager. Drager is that he said? Yeah. Lou, Lou Korak. Who else? Uh, well, as far look, if you're looking, or for, give me one. Well, Jeff, I'd try, like to answer this if you give. You me know, a Johnny. The other day, I was <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so locally, I would definitely say Jeremy Rutherford and Lou Korak. If you're looking for nationally, or I guess internationally, because Canada being a part of the NHL. Uh, James Duffy, Elliot Friedman, Darren Drager, Pierre Lebrun. Those are your go-tos. You know, Bob McKenzie, too. But you could also just follow TSN on Twitter, and that does a great job. Or the website or the app. They have a trade tracker on there. And you can click on that every 25, 30 minutes and refresh it, and it'll show you everything that's going on. If if I'm just mainly as far as reading about sports... Like, I'm not going to sit down and read an article about the Cardinals necessarily. Okay. Certainly not football. Certainly not basketball. But hockey, I watch other teams besides the Blues. I read up a little bit here and there uh, about other teams besides the Blues. Is the athletic worth it? Oh, man. I love it, dude. Yeah? I, as far as me, I know you guys, have, I know you've talked about how. Well, listen, I, but I enjoy the in-depth sports pieces, even on things that – kind of even might relatively interest me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so when they go super in-depth on the Bills, I mean, I can't get enough. I love what Jeremy Rutherford does with 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 the, the Blues. Uh, and, and then the Cardinal coverage is great. I love it, man. Okay. And it's like 11 bucks a month or something. Yeah, I don't, actually don't know. It just keeps charging me. And my wife probably says, <laughs> why do we get this charge and this charge? I'm like, I have no idea. I've got like 27 apps. They don't even know I own. In fact, they've probably been deleted, but they haven't been unsubscribed. <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, I'm actually paying my bill off with my income. Uh, he's, now, he's still paying a monthly to Periscope. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That made its way back a little bit, Jeff. You never know when that's, that's going to come back. That's true. You never know, man. That's right. Never know. I hang on to that bad So boy. that's worth it, huh? I think so, It's man. worth it it's for just, a lot just of reasons. Because I read Jeremy and, I'm all, and then I read it to where he goes, and here's my 
article in the Athletic. I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I almost feel bad. And then it like drowns, yeah, it yeah, like fades, fades yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, son of, son of a yeah. gun. I thought I was just walking towards the light at first when it was when it was fading away. You're I like, thought wow, I was fading honey, away. How many beers have I had? You All right, man, Jeremy, I'm in. I'm well, gonna do it. I mean, Jeremy would be in. And sorry, Donnie, just no. the Athletic overall, right? What happens is it like I follow the Athletic on Twitter. And they'll post what some of their biggest stories are from their various writers around the country. And sometimes, like, Emily Kaplan does a great job. Uh, Michael Russo. They they have these pieces that are not, you know, not day-to-day or game-to-game reports. They're in-depth stories on different situations, players, their personal lives, all sorts of stuff. It's a lot of evergreen stuff. That's kind of cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for day-to-day coverage, like, on a certain team, I don't know if The Athletic is your go-to. But if you're looking for coverage on a certain aspect of your team during a period That's of time, okay. then like JR just covered the Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman and kind of laid that out, you know, and gave some some nice things there to, to some nuggets. That's yeah. funny you say that because he had a hell of a tease with his post. He was like, my latest on Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman. And I'm like, you are not going to tease me into thinking Schwartz is going to be traded. So I just I click on your thing. Damn it. I clicked on his thing. Yeah, but then you couldn't read it. Yeah, I couldn't read it. Couldn't read so it. Let, me, question. Yeah. let me ask wallet. this before we get into to particulars about the blues, particulars about the no, please don't call her ever again. And I saw somebody, and okay. I'm just going to keep on going. I'm just going to keep on going. I saw somebody on Twitter talk about this this morning, a hockey writer, <laughs> that he believes that the trade deadline in the NHL should be a day that there are no games. Did you? Were you reading about Alan Walsh? Was that who? The that, agent, the player agent. Was that who the one that posted it? Yeah, he's Mark Andre Fleury's agent. We had Alan Walsh on the fast lane not too long ago. He's a great dude. I'm just curious about your perspective on that from a from a player. Okay, so my perspective is yes, it should be a day off. And having been a player that was dealt on the deadline day and how chaotic it was and how crazy my life became in a matter of minutes, it sucks yeah. and. It really sucks for the players that are trying to mentally prepare to play a game tonight. Like, okay, go take your pregame nap. Oh, by the way, you're on a one-year deal, and it expires at the end of the season, and your name's been all over the place, but go enjoy your nap. Fluff right. the pillows while you're Sleep at it. Sleep well. well. While whoever knows what's going on at home with your wife and the well, kiddos. You and, wake and up, and today, the way things are, guys wake up, and they find out they've been traded. Yeah, like, it's yeah. awful, right? So I would agree, in a normal season... I would say, yes, you you mark this day as a day off for the entire league. So if guys get traded, it still might be chaotic, but they can travel to their destination, get there, and start fresh the next day. Mm-hmm. My situation, I arrived in the middle of the first period. I am not you, joking. Did you play? Did you get lost? Yeah. Or did you? No, it's a great story. You guys have never heard the story? No. Uh, Do we have time for it? Yeah, hell uh, yeah, we okay. got time. We're, we are not up against a hard break oh. since we don't have any sponsors. Okay. Okay, go. <laughs> It's a good point. Um, <laughs> the but, Athletic, by the way, sponsorships are available. Seriously, Athletic, get on it. Uh, so I'm in Detroit, and Mike Babcock and I are not best friends. It's well documented. Oh. And so I was supposed to play that night, and then at the last minute he scratches me. But I know I'm not being traded because Ken Holland told me, I'm not trading you. He's like, I don't care what your relationship is with Babcock, whether you guys love or hate each other. I'm not trading you because I know that I'm going to need you coming down the stretch. And in the playoffs, we're going to need a reliable veteran guy that I don't have. So I'm not trading you. I was like, okay, great. So, but I still wanted to play in that game because that year Babcock was scratching me in and out and in and it was just like rubbing my nose in it, basically wanting me to do something. Well, he got his wish. Stevie 
uh, Iserman and I are skating extra after like the healthy scratches. Do you were helping Iserman. Yeah, I was yeah. helping him work Train on his him game. a little bit. Back, little <clears throat> yeah. backhand action. Sure. A little backhand action, forehand, whatever he needed, actually. Mike Babcock comes out to the bench at Joe Lewis and like stares down at the group of us and like watches like as, as I do the drill, like that I'm doing it right. And then I get back to the line, like stares kind of like at me. And I just took a puck and I fired it right into the bench. I did. Whoa. I just took a puck. Now, I could have hit him. Maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't have, okay? All I know is that I buzzed the tower, and it rattled around in there. <laughs> and he went back down the tunnel, and I turned to Stevie Eisenman, and I said, well, that doesn't get me traded. Nothing well. <laughs> and? and so Stevie was pissed, though he was pissed because— He was pissed at you? Yeah, he was pissed at oh. me uh, because I put myself ahead of the team at that point. Um, but the problem was I was on an expiring contract and Babcock had barely played me, which means I'm not even going to get a deal the following year. Cause people are going to be like, well, he hardly played, you know, we'll give him a two way deal off from a minor league deal. No, no, I have a, I have a wife. And at the time I had three kids, I had twin boys and I'm like, so I needed to play and I knew I could play in the NHL. So anyways, I'll make this a little shorter, get into the room. I tell the trainer, Hey, he might want to gather all my stuff together. And the trainer's kind of like shaking his head. I go home, I kind of prep my wife for it, and she's like, you're an idiot. I said, you're right. Um, Then all of a sudden, it's like right up against the trade deadline, like five minutes of the trade deadline. Nothing, 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 nothing. All of a sudden, ring. Mm. It's Ken Holland. (laughs) So I go, okay, hon, here we go. Kenny, how you doing? He's like, "Uh, first of all, you're an idiot. (laughs) I said, okay, you're right. He goes, second of all, he goes, I did you a favor. I just traded you. He goes, uh, you did you know, did a good job for our organization. We loved having you. We wanted to keep you, but we obviously knew that you got to play and that this wasn't going to work out. And today was a clear indication that both sides really don't want to be around each other. So he says, I've traded you to the Arizona Coyotes, Phoenix Coyotes at the time. Um, he says, I'm not happy about this because he says, our club just got worse today because now I have to go and try and find somebody to fill your shoes. He goes, would be a lot easier to just hang on to you. So anyways, at that point, I'm looking at the time, and, and I'm like, okay. So we hang up, and he says the trainer's going to meet up with me. Then the phone rings, and it's Wayne Gretzky, who's, hey. co- who's coaching the Phoenix Coyotes. Hey, Rivs, it's Gretz. I'm like, hey, Gretz, how you doing? He's like, hey, welcome to the team, you know, this and that and the other. You're going to play a lot. You're going to have some big minutes. You're going to have a chance to really earn yourself another contract. Oh, this is great, Wayne. Oh, and by the way, we play in Columbus tonight. Oh, boy. I'm like, where? In Columbus. I'm like, Tonight? Yeah. I go, you're expecting me to play? Oh, yeah. I'm expecting you to be here. So I had to go in Detroit, by the way, where we live, like 45 minutes from the airport. I've got to zim, zoom my way. Zim or zoom. Either way, it was really difficult. I got to go to the school where my daughter's at. My oldest, she's in kindergarten at the time. Got to get her out of school because daddy's leaving. I've got the twin boys that are at home. I've got to pack the boys up into the truck with the wife because daddy's leaving. When are they going to see him again? They don't know, right? Because it's trade deadline. Then I got to get all the way to the airport, find the trainer who has my equipment and my sticks, grab that, go in, get on my flight, fly into Columbus, land Phoenix or the Arizona Phoenix Coyotes at the time. I have a guy that's waiting for me. He's a police officer uh, for the team, like a security guy. <laughs> and he's like, Rivers. I'm like, yes. Do I owe this guy money? Man with a badge. <laughs> yes. And he goes, come with me. And then all of a sudden, like more police officers are like, Come with us, like real police officers. Like, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? We go right down. They grab my bag, like right off the tarmac, the sticks. 
I get into a like a Lincoln Town Car type thing, and I get a police escort to the rink, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's so great. That is some baller shit yeah, right there, boy. It it's baller shit. And <laughs> it only happens because Wayne Gretzky's the head coach. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's not forget yeah, that. Right. So I get I come out of the airport like there's not even a wait. Like they're like pushing me through here. The cops are like a barricader. I mean, like, nobody actually gives a shit who I am here. <laughs> so out we go, and right in front, I throw my bag in the car, and it's wee-wee-wee-wee-wee all through the city. We pull right into underneath the rink in Columbus. The first period is already underway, and so I rush into the training room. The trainer's got to grab my stuff and figure out what he has, because I've got red and white. I don't oh, have yeah. the Coyotes colors. A jersey for me, you know, all that stuff. And so the very first commercial break, uh, Gretz comes walking down the little tunnel is right next to the bench. He goes, hey, you going to be ready to go here? And I have a coffee in my hand at the time. I'm like, just having a quick stretch here and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> so you were dressed out with a cup of coffee in your hand? Yeah, I, well, I wasn't even dressed Oh, yet. you weren't even dressed? No, yet. because oh, okay. the trainer was trying to get me socks and gloves oh, okay. and a helmet gotcha. and, you know, all this crap. And so he gets me taken care of. I'm, and now I'm dressed and I'm just kind of waiting in there. Barry Smith, who's the assistant coach for Phoenix, who was my assistant coach in Detroit before Babcock got there, he comes back down the tunnel on the next TV timeout. He goes, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. So I grabbed the helmet from uh, the trainer. I had red gloves because they didn't have gloves that fit me. So I took the red gloves and I go out and I go to sit on the bench. Gretz goes, no, 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 get out, take a lap. You're going. So I get out on the ice. First of all, I only know one player on the team, Tyson Nash. Is the only guy I know on the team. Oh, my gosh. So I get out there, and I'm taking a couple of hard laps. The Columbus team is dying at the same time. They're laughing so hard because they see my red gloves. They know I just got traded. I arrived in the middle of the period, and now I'm doing a couple of hot laps to try <laughs> and get ready for the game. Damn. So then I go over to the bench, start, like, shaking hands with guys. Nice to meet you. Nice to, <laughs> right. meet, nice to meet you. And I go to get off the ice again. And Barry Smith goes, no, no, you're going, and sends out my, my partner was Derek Morris. He goes, you guys are going. I played like 20 minutes of that game. Oh, my God. I got an assist in that game. Uh, we tied the game at the time. It was great. It was an incredible welcome. I wonder if that's an amazing story. Dude, I, have, I have other dude, questions. And my wife and kids, you know, they dropped me off, and they, they didn't know, and so I had to call them. And then we flew back to Arizona after the Columbus game. It was an absolute shit show. Wow. I have so many questions. Like, first of all, would that happen today, or well, yeah. is everything too immediate to where you would have gotten out of your house quicker? Um, no, not really, because you know Kenny Holland made the trade, and he—I guess he did it as soon as he as soon as he could, right? Well, yeah, because the deadline was like five minutes away, yeah, so he had to call me. The other question is, did they let you play with the red gloves? Because you could never see that happen in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I, you would get a uniform fine or something like they that. They let me play with the red gloves. They were close, okay, in color. Like if you squinted your eyes a little bit, you're like, okay, work. But I, if you would have went walked out there with blue gloves, would the NHL have yeah, a problem they, with no, they? No, they would have been okay. Oh, they would okay. for the one game for under the circumstances. circumstances yeah. Yeah, um, I end up wearing those red gloves the rest of the season. I kid you not, because Bauer or whatever, the, the Coyotes weren't their first priority. So all of, like, when I was in Detroit, I had, like, a, a, a stable of gloves and sticks and helmets and sure. skates. They're like, hey, use our stuff. Right. Like, heck, I had a deal with Bauer and Nike, and I was a shit bum. Right. You know what I mean? And did, you do, so, did you wear some of the Nike swoosh dude, skates? Was, was that you? I was one of the first guys That's what NHL, I thought. Okay, that's but that was here in St. Louis. Right, right, right. And Nike was, you know, cutting edge, kind of coming in, and I was a bit of a 
goofball a little bit out there, and they thought, let's throw our label on this guy. He's, <laughs> he's a little unique. Yeah, whatever happened to Nike, they went away, I think, too. Didn't we they? got rid of them in a hurry. Uh, that, and you know, this is a non-hockey story, but that reminded me of the – remember when you just said that you know you had all the cops waiting for you and a Lincoln Town car and all that stuff. What is it, that one night? What's that? Oh, I thought you were talking about that one night. No, we had the cops no, 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 oh. no. We're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> How you talked about was it Edmondson who's in Montreal now, and they really, really, really treat their players oh, like God. first class. Do you see Luke Voigt? Anybody see Luke Voigt, who's from St. Louis, who played for the Cardinals just briefly, and he's a first baseman for, for the, the Yankees, Yankees now, yeah. And I believe he's hurt now. Yeah. But he was a baller last year, I think, or two years he ago. Had a something good like last that. year. Dude had a, during the, I don't know what game it was, but I think it was a national game, had a commercial for BMW. Luke wow. Voigt. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it was just him driving in the BMW, Not Aaron talk, Judge. right? Just talking and stuff. And at the very end, he was like, "I'm Luke Voigt, and that's how I roll," or something like that. I was yeah. like, Damn, go you, buddy. John Mosellock must have wow. been thrilled to see <laughs> right, that. Right, right, followed right. up, <laughs> just love. Followed up by Randy Rosarina in his new Porsche. Yeah, and and uh, Goldschmidt, who hasn't hit a home run this year, oh, I think hey, in 26 hey, games or white. something. Crap. That it's first of all, it's been like seven games. Uh, Second of all, Paul Goldschmidt is a hell of a player. Don't I, for, do I that. forgot. I got on. I, I said that in front of the wrong guy. You well, did. you said that in front of two wrong guys. We're seven games into Why the do you season. Hate the Cardinals? He sat I a don't game because he had a tight back. What is? What do you? He's expect? got a tight back. He was out there playing, wasn't he? Yesterday he played, but the day before he did not play. What's he, he going to play every other game? Let's pay him every other game then. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea who you are right now. <laughs> that was of us all firing people. on Jeff and Jeff going, I just don't want to fight. But of all man, people, Donnie, he goes and picks on Paul Goldschmidt. Right? That would be, that would be like saying Ryan O'Reilly's a bum. Right. Oh, my right. God. Okay. All right. Let's talk about our blues. Gentlemen, the last time that we were here, if you remember correctly, uh, uh, Jamie, Jamie was just pounding on the panic button. Just yep. panic, 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 like, panic, nah, panic, 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 panic. He said oh, his no, favorite wait. band is Panic at the Blues Co. Uh, actually, what was that, I pounding? Actually, that was me. That was, oh, yeah, that, right. that that was, was panic. Was if I remember yeah, you correctly. Bit, maybe. So now the Blues have won three games in a row. Not only that, but we are seeing the Blues team that we remember. All right? That we know can win and do damage. So... If you're Doug Armstrong, are you still trying to make a move today? Does the Thomas injury mean that Hoffman is staying? Let's talk about it. Throw it out. My first thought is they do nothing because Hoffman is doing something now and that, the Thomas thing. That's my thought. You know, why would you screw up a locker room that's having some success right now and a locker room that's had some success in the past? And the one guy who hasn't been doing well, Hoffman, is doing well. So why screw with nature? Yeah, and look, let's put things into perspective. He still has 11 goals, and he's played, what, three less games than every other player uh, for the Blues. Four less games, actually, with the two, three healthy scratches and the one game at first when he had visa issues, and he's fifth in scoring on the team. It's not bad. Now, is he the guy you're putting out there to protect a one-goal lead? No, probably not. Probably not. But he does fill a void that you have without Robert Thomas. But he is expiring at the end of this season. So, Doug Armstrong has to look at it and go, what is my return on investment here? One, can he fix my problem offensively? Can he be reliable enough out there so that we can use this guy on a regular basis? Does he fill the shoes for Robert Thomas? How long is Robert Thomas going to be hurt? If it's five to seven days, probably not going to worry about Mike Hoffman too much at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, so, we'll see how that plays out. But the Blues, in my opinion, I really don't think they need scoring. And I know that a lot of people, even nationally, are like, 
well, the Blues got to pick up their Taylor Hall. They were in on that one. No, no. Look at the top six forwards. You've got Tarasenko, Shannon Schwartz, O'Reilly, Perron, and whoever the hell you want on that line. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good amount of scoring. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to your third line, where Robert Thomas was, you had Thomas, Bozak, and uh, either Zach Sanford or Sammy Blay, like you've got enough scoring there. Where I think the Blues need to look at is some depth defensively. Yeah. Because with Colton Pareko on the I'm not sure list, you literally have two high-end defensemen and that's it in Krug and, and Falk. Now, Marco Scandella is great. He's an accent piece. Mm-hmm. He, he's a great guy to have on your on your roster, and he's proven it. Vince Dunn, that's a question mark right now. Whether the Blues want to look at this as a long-term investment and, and re-up Dunn for three, four, five years, or do they see him as a chip that they can move and pick up another guy that maybe brings some grit and some size to that blue line? Because the number one complaint during their seven-game skid was what? I mean, they they were. I mean, no. we even have talked about it a bunch. I mean, you could you could freaking goddamn throw a freaking campfire in front of Bennington, and nobody would freaking do anything. So they were a little soft, yeah. right? Craig Berube even used that word several times. Soft. Well, you need to figure that out. You need to have somebody that's not soft back there to help clear out things. And it's amazing how one guy back there, one player, can change the overall mentality of the entire group. Because it goes back to the enforcer thing from way back. Well, how can one guy really help a team? Well, when you see a guy that's out there and he's tough as nails and he's willing to do it, you feel like, hey, a couple things. One, this guy's going to cover my back, too. And two, he can't be the only guy doing it. So if the Blues get some sandpaper on the blue line, um, that could really help overall. And whoever he's playing with might grow you know, a bigger pair just because he's playing with him. And he thinks, oh, you know what? Somebody messes with me. He's going to come over and help me at least. Yeah. Two things about the blue line. Number one, your thoughts on Jake Wallman, because I wish he was about six foot four, uh, because this is another guy that I really, really like, but he's another second baseman trying to clear people out from in front of the net, unfortunately. But I like his offensive stuff when he doesn't lose a puck at the blue line trying to get into the zone. Uh, And also, I don't know this guy's name, but Alex Ferrario talked on 101 about somebody from the defense – from Dallas, yeah, who's Jamie Alexiak. That's it. That's Dude, he's it. six foot seven. Yeah, so you want yeah. a little, you want a little size in front of the yeah, net. Is that gonna somebody that'd be interesting or no? You're going to have to pay for that because there's about six, seven, maybe eight teams that are looking mm-hmm. at him as a player because uh, he's fought Ryan Reeves, Lou Cheech, Pat Maroon. He's 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 known as well for through nickname as the Big Rig, mm-hmm. and he's six seven, two fifty five. I think. He's Good a, Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's why shot. I remembered that person, not yeah. his name, obviously. But when, when Alex said that, I'm like, well, that'll clear a few people out yeah, from in front of the net. He had a highlight reel goal last night, so he can handle the puck. He would fit perfectly into a St. Louis Blues lineup because he can play a puck possession game, but at the same time, he can clear out a lot out there. But what are you saying probably un- unavailable or it'd be tough to get him? You're going to have to pony up. Okay. Unless, of course, Doug Armstrong brings out the magic wand again and pulls off a trade where he absolutely fleeces the other GM and everybody's like, well, how did that happen? Yeah. Never know with Army. All right. Well, that's it's kind of a follow-up. What what do you think you have to give up to get that guy? Um, you'd have to give up some young players. So would Vince Dunn be in that deal probably? I think a Vince Dunn would be attractive to the Dallas Stars. I think that, uh, you know, he's a puck-moving defenseman. They have a need for that uh, on their blue line over there. They've got some young guys. Uh, high skin in. They've got Klingberg. A guy like Dunn would be a nice addition to that blue line. But you'd also have to look at they're probably going to – they're probably probably going to want to make you feel a little uncomfortable about the deal. 
and they're probably going to ask about Robert Thomas. They're probably going to ask about Jordan Cairo. They're probably going to ask. I understand Alexiak doesn't get that. I get it. Can right. we throw in Ty Ratty or something? <laughs> so it's too late. It's a little too Does late. Does he have any that. eligibility left? <laughs> uh, I don't even know where he is right now, poor guy. Uh, but no, I think that what you do then is the negotiation. Um, the game starts at that point, and, and maybe you put together a Dunn and a you know a lower level left winger, maybe an Austin Pagansky, maybe a Zach Sanford, maybe some of the, somebody like that. I'd hate to give up Sammy Blay because I think that he brings a lot to the table when he's on his game. Uh, you can clearly see that he's a part of the game when he's on his game, whereas Zach Sanford, when, you know, I feel like he disappears a lot more. You brought up Ryan Reeves, and I'm going to bring up something that my I may be completely, you will probably just bash the crap out of me for this. I love these. Because I'm a fan of Ryan. Become such a bad guy. I'm a fan of Ryan Reeves. I'm a fan of the way the guy plays the game. I'm a fan of when he was here. If they traded for him, I'd be happy. Yeah, me too. But I saw some video of him the other day in a game to where, and I know you're just going to destroy me, so I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. (laughs) Donnie, you got anything? Please tell me you're not going to talk about that hit. No, not at all. Not the hit. It's the after the fight stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he laughs in people's face and goes, "What are you doing?" And you big baby and laugh in your face and all this other stuff. I get it. You're the heavyweight champion of the NHL, but if somebody goes to fight you to protect their player or for whatever reason, I don't know why you got to do that. I know it's a big boy's game and all that kind of stuff, but it just makes me feel weird when he's like, "Ha ha ha ha! I'm bigger than you and stronger than you, and I'm a jerk." Can I throw a couple things in here right quick Uh, before before you bring sense into into the matter? That if I do bring sense, here's the thing. He's calm today. His hands are in his pocket. I I love that about Ryan Reeves. I think that's just part of dude's personality. I I think he's just an S disturber, and that's that's what he's doing. And and he's got the he's got the smirk and the ability to back to back it up. I get it, but I think this what this particular fight I think was a little bit of a fight, and then the refs came in or something, and he was looking like, "Oh, you're lucky, you big baby. That wasn't even really a fight. Come on." I just ah, just rubs me the wrong way. And here is one of those moments too that I honestly believe that if he were on our team, probably this might not be Probably. the same conversation to have. I, I would imagine yeah. so, but let's let Dad take yeah, it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so a couple things with this. Ryan Reeves has earned the right to um, to do whatever he wants, I guess, during, before, or after a fight. Uh, when you're one of the toughest players in the NHL, probably top three uh, on any given day, there's some guys that could certainly give him a go-around. Lucic is still a guy that I wouldn't pet the cat the wrong way with him because he could cave in the side of your head in a heartbeat. Uh, but they don't play each other this year, so that's going to make it difficult. Ryan Reeves doesn't really have a uh, a rival in this division this year, so it's kind of like he's running around like the great white shark amongst, you know, tuna, basically. Right. right. And so, but I am with you on this, Jeff. I don't like the theatrics, okay? I don't. Uh, I think that, look, when I came in the league, you didn't do that. If you did that stuff, the very next shift, somebody got you. Some way, somehow, because you're showing up your opponent, right? And, like, Ty Domi was the very first one to start it when he fought Probert and they had, like, a draw. And then Domi gave, the like, the belt. Like, I just won the belt, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And the next time they played, Probert beat the wheels off him. <laughs> and so it kind of started there. And guys have been a little more, you know, WWE-ish at mm-hmm. times. For me, and call me old school, call me the get-off-my-lawn guy, I'm not about the theatrics. I'm about the, if you mean what you're doing and it's just business, just handle it. You know, because 
with Revo, as, as tough as he is and as much as he's earned the right to do that, he knows as well as anybody else, he's one punch away from getting buckled. Right. Think about that for a second, right? If, if somebody just gets a lucky punch and buckles him, now what? You know, so sometimes you have to be very careful in, in what you do, and the public perception is everything. I do think that there is a me- happy medium in there somewhere yeah. to where you can have a little bit of celebration, a little bit of fun with the crowd and your teammates. I think it's gone a little too far, and the only reason I think it's gone a little too far is because he doesn't have to answer the bell as much. Right. If he if he consistently had a Tony Twist or a Milan Lucic or Tom Wilson in his division all the time, I think the theatrics would come down a little bit. So, I and, and this I think, is, I don't know. You might listen to the podcast and go screw yourself. But one way or the other, this year, next year, this also sets Ryan Reeves up to have people take runs at him when they have the opportunity to. Oh, yeah. Right. But the problem is there's not a lot of young guys coming in now knocking at the door. A lot of the young guys coming in are more of the, uh, like, middleweight, light heavyweight because they're players. Right. And not that Ryan Reeves isn't a player. He's done an incredible job of evolving into a player. But, like, Tom Wilson is a, a direct competitor of Ryan Reeves. Tom Wilson scores 20-plus goals a year. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, four shorthanded goals this year. Like, Why would you line up and say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice five minutes for Ryan Reeves, who plays eight to ten minutes a game, which, again, this is not a shot at Ryan Reeves. Yeah, no. It's me trying to paint the picture of how the game doesn't have those guys anymore, the, the, the knuckle-draggers down in the minors that can't wait to get their shot so they can knock in Ryan Reeves' front teeth. Sure. Like, those guys used to be foaming at the mouth, standing at the friggin' door, waiting to get out there and fight Bob Probert. Imagine how stupid that was. <laughs> but they did, and they were killers. Yeah. The league, the American League now has a 10-fight maximum. If you get in 10 fights in a season, you get suspended for an amount of time. Junior hockey is three fights in a season, and you're out for, like, five games. Wow. So where is that guy going to come from? Right. He's not. Wow. Okay, I want to ask you a question about the NHL trade deadline real quick. A player that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, Taylor Hall does get moved. Uh, he goes to Boston. Thank God. Now, now here's the thing. I think that we all kind of in this room, we, we you know, the idea of having someone like that on the roster appears that it would be a great idea, but... Taylor Hall doesn't have an exemplary track record at this point from what we understand. However, the way that I look at this at this point, Boston seems like the perfect type of place for him to go because I would think that that would be a lineup that would not handle any sort of lollygagging or, you know what I mean? Like, they are going to, like the Blues, I would feel like Boston kind of has a... um, a way that they do things, a, a, a Bruins way that either Taylor Hall's going to have to do and be successful or he's going to be out of there and playing somewhere else next year. Well, they used to. Okay. You know, it's not quite the same anymore. Okay. Uh, big number 17 is now in Calgary, Lucic, and he's a guy who held a lot of people accountable. And another guy uh, used to wear 33 mm. and block out the sun. Young yeah. guy. Okay. Young yeah. guy? Yeah. Rookie? Young right? guy, rookie guy. <laughs> what is he, honestly, what is he, like 41, 42? He's 43 now, I think. Jeez. And that's Zdeno Chara yep. for our wow. listeners who are yeah. trying to figure out the mystery Sorry. man here. Yeah. Uh, and Big Z ran a tight ship as a captain, and he held guys accountable. And Patrice Bergeron, who's a little more quiet, he had the ability of backing up Z in the locker room. And, and Marshawn felt, how about that? Brad Marshawn used to be like a Sean Avery-type player. And then under Patrice Bergeron and Zdeno Chara, he turned into one of the best players in the league. Boy, he I still has that. his moments, don't get me wrong. I hate okay? him. I don't. There's no pushback here at all. Yeah, no, but he's fantastic. (laughs) But he's turned into a heck of a player. Yeah, man. And he's turned into somebody who's been somewhat under control. 
But now, you know, like with Big Z gone, Bergeron's there. What's Bergeron going to do? Turn and tell Hall, hey, pick it up. Like, right. it's, it's not his deal. It's not really his. So it's it's going to be interesting. Boston gave up very little in this to, to acquire Taylor Hall. And we'll see how they use him. Interesting. And you said, thank goodness. Yeah. And I, I know that you've been on this opinion of him not coming here, Hall be, coming here. Give us the reason why. Is it just because it's another Mike Hoffman kind of situation? Um, I hate to do that to Mike Hoffman, okay, because we're just painting him with a brush right well, now. Well, I just mean not a good fit is all I really mean. There's nothing yeah. personally or professionally. No, 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 I know. I, but I do think that Mike Hoffman, had he came here at a younger age, would have evolved into a different kind of player. Um, you know, we're, we're basically asking the world from him in one season, right. which is only 56 games, by the way. So I do see a difference there. Taylor Hall, to me, has just never played for a team that's had anything on the line. In New Jersey, he got a brief playoff experience. But if you look at the rest of it, he was in Edmonton, where they were horrible for so many years. Then he went to Arizona, where, you know, it was all about point night for him. Play with the Devils for a short period of time. Now he's with the Sabres, and they, we know how they're doing. He's got two goals or three goals this year, all season. If you're that good, even by accident, you should be scoring a lot more than that. Yeah. So I just don't see him as a guy that would help your hockey club. I see him as a guy that's in a contract year, and he's going to want to personally do really well. But if he leads the team in scoring from the time that he's here, but the team gets eliminated in the first round, I think he's okay with that. And uh, speaking of personally stuff and speaking of Hoffman, you guys saw the post-game Zoom with Hoffman the other day? I yes. didn't see the post-game Zoom, but oh. I saw his post-game interview. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Y- yes. And it just seemed like to me that he was very, very generic, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. And He did not want... look happy, dude. Yeah, and it just didn't seem – and my question to you is, do the teammates see that? And if they do, do they care? And do we read too much into that as fans, which I could probably answer that with, yes, we probably do. Oh, it's just like anything else, right? Like Mike Hoffman is a big name that came here. So in any industry – You've got somebody who's one of the leaders in your industry as far as, you know, in, in the radio industry, be like some big time. Like me or something. Be like Jeff Burton. Right. You know, right. coming into your building right, and then right. Jeff Burton underperforms. Well, and, that doesn't happen. You know, then he gets laid off that for a little bit. Well, that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, don't listen. Um, no, but my point is, is this, is the players know what's going on. They're not stupid. They don't stick their head in the sand. They know that he's pissed. They know that it's awkward that a goal scorer like that is not in the lineup. Then he comes back and pumps in two goals, which they desperately needed. It creates a bit of a so-so. And then he's, you know, he's, uh, he's refuting what Craig Berube said. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I did all. not. I don't know what refuting means, so I didn't. Okay, refuting means that he's disagreeing or saying that it didn't happen. Mm, and gotcha. so Craig Berube talked about in his post game that, he had talked to Mike Hoffman prior to the game and this and that, and so he was asked about it after. He goes, I I hadn't talked to anybody. He goes, I didn't even know I was in the lineup until the very last minute. And so wow. there's some tension. Oh, boy. There's some tension there right now. But I've also seen tension that can turn into something really great right. in my career. Yeah, so, at this point it's on, on the player to go, okay, i got to Well, it's on the this. coach, too. It's on the coach, too, because if the coach is saying things that aren't true, Okay. Oh, boy. oh okay. So yeah, going back to a, that. There's yeah. a trust thing here, right? And Craig Berube has done an incredible job of trusting his players and earning the trust of his players. And I'm personally not saying that Craig Berube did not talk to him. I don't know. Right. No, right. All I'm do- basing my thought on is, is what is Hoffman that, said. Mike Hoffman basically said, he actually said, no, and never talked to me. So that's between those two. All right. But whoever's. 
closer to the truth in that one. The other side has to be very careful because if you don't have the trust of the team or of the coach, then things can go sideways. So we'll see. We'll see what happens ultimately here. I do think Mike Hoffman possesses the necessary skills to give the Blues an extra punch. Let's be honest, without him the other night, did the Blues win that game? Yeah. You know, he he has two one-timers, one that's a beauty, and then the second one, he, he shoots the puck so fast and so hard. It comes out, it, it it jumps off that stick so much. Hits the goalie, hits the defense in the net. Without Mike Hoffman, Ryan O'Reilly can't go bar down with his backhand in overtime. So I think everybody has to sit back and evaluate that and go, okay, let's start making piles of good and bad, pros and cons, and, and kind of work our way through there, see what side adds up to be the most, and then figure out what you have to work on. I think I just got really nervous. Okay, so he, you know what? I don't know why, but this, I, I got I got ner- I got nervous. This is what we do right, right. now. You tell me your thoughts because again, we're recording this before the deadline right. comes yep. and goes. Your thoughts, honestly? Do you think the Blues will do anything big, small, and different? Nothing. I I could see them making a minor deal. Fingers crossed. So here, I'm going to give you my fan perspective first. Yeah, I want them to make a big move and get a guy like Alexiak or Josh Manson. From the Anaheim Ducks. That would be fantastic. Now, the the hockey guy in me says that. No, the hockey guy's going to be less fun. Yeah. yeah. He always is, trust me. Yeah. Um, is that Army's got to be very careful that people aren't out there trying to fleece him, too. They're looking at his lineup, too. They know where he's at in the standings. They know what the Blues need. And, you know, what may have to happen is that Army may have to go through a third party. And what I mean by that is he makes a trade with... Team X, and then Team X makes a trade with Team Y, and then Army picks up the player that Team Y traded to Team X. Army goes and makes that trade so that Team Y, if you're following at home right now, Team Y doesn't know that they're actually trading a player to Army. That's I was just going to ask that, if Team X and Team Y know that Army is... Yeah, it's kind of like the Jerry Springer show. Mm. You know? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry. Well, Jerry, I'm really a man. What? You don't know me. <laughs> That's, it's it's it, what what in kind of in closing here, real quick, or or however we're doing this. What exactly was there? One piece that kind of made everything click three games ago, or was it the Pareko situation? What was it? Because again, like we talked about at the at the get go, dude, this is the team we remember. This is the team we expected. Man, you were just validating everything Hockey Dad over here has been saying this whole time. <laughs> we're not healthy. Wait till everybody gets back. Wait. Then everything's going to be okay. Whoa! Whoa! Up until last week, I was the, I was saying that. Last you, week was the panic. Yes. I started to hit the panic yeah, button. You started. Hockey, you're Hockey Dad. jumping up and down on it. Well, I you was a little alarmed, guys. Things were a little ugly. You were watching what I was watching. But, but, but you know thing... what I'm saying. He's been saying it. Okay, Donnie, you said it too. Yeah. We just wait until we get healthy. And then all of a sudden, that fir- that first game of this winning streak, all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's the 91 I've seen before. Yeah, and look, guys are starting to get into game shape. You know, Jaden Schwartz looks a whole lot better. Vladimir Tarasenko looks better. Colton Pareko looks like he's moving around better. All of these things. And to your point, you asked me earlier, I never got a chance to answer it. Jake Wallman. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, guy is a, this guy is a great find for the Blues. He's Isn't been he? the minors for like four years. It, it grew up through the Blues? Yeah, or? and he's just never, ever kind of been able to put it all together to have his skating, his his puck moving, his, all that stuff. Shots it, getting on net, except for like one, I think, recently got 
got blocked, and they actually said, wow, one of his shots got blocked. He moves so well. Uh, we had Chief on fast lane last week, uh, Cardinal home opener, and you know he was just saying he skates so well, covers a lot of ice, closes out guys. He's a really good partner for Colton Pareko right now. Uh, he's a great find, and yeah, he's not six foot four, but you don't need that, right? You don't need a bunch of guys like that. However, to your point about that, is you, you could use one, one right. more, yeah, you know, because Colton Pareko, a couple things. One, he's got the sore back. Well, we think it's a sore back. He's got a sore, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's not the most vicious guy out there. Right. He should be. If I was that size, I'd have balls the size of church bells. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but he does not play that way. And that's fine. Uh, but you need somebody back there to do it. Right. And uh, Wallman's not going to be the guy. Krug's not going to be the guy. Justin Falk likes to lay a guy out from time to time, but he plays too much. Yeah. If you have Justin Falk with five, six, seven hits a game. Dude, he's gonna he's gonna break. If you watch Justin Falk next time he goes in to hit somebody, just like a you know a good push in the corner or something like that. You know when he's gonna go through because you see his skates just go whoop. He just widens out his skates a little bit to get that base and then just kaboom. I yeah. see it happen. He every hits single to hurt. Time. Yeah, is what, what I mean. like. You know, yeah. I always hate when guys just hit to hit. Yeah, and I never did that in my career. I didn't just go and let, you know bump, bump into somebody every time I hit them. I know this sounds terrible. I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to put him out of the game. And not with a shot to the head, not with, you know, some cheap shot. It happened from time to time. Um, But just a solid shoulder check or even a good hip check where why would you hit a guy if you're not trying to send some kind of a physical message? Well, and and, and that's not vicious and unruly or anything because the other guy. No, but the other guys. They're like, oh, my God. But back then, the other guys were trying to do that to you, too. Oh, they were trying to kill me. Trust me, Jeff. More people in a game tried to take my head off. It's because I played that way. And they tried to get me back. And so it was, look, it's an eye for an eye. Up yeah, there. that's why it's not unruly. Sometimes, literally. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask a Robert Thomas question, and, and this is not a... Matchbox 20. I'm not... <laughs> I'm just a little unwell. I have right. played that. Played that sorry, sorry. God. No, okay, did, but so... Did that just happened. Oh, yeah, it did, because I played it today. Oh, okay. um, uh, so, uh, oh, crap. Robert Thomas... At this point in his career, and I am not saying that this is his fault because clearly the injuries that he has had oh, are he not. Robert Thomas. Are not. Wants to trade him? No, I don't want to trade him. But is he developing an injury-prone reputation? So therefore, you want to trade him? No, I don't. He, I still Why love him to death. Trade a hurt You player? guys are. Are you not jerks. even a fan of Matchbox Twenty? Well, I'm not a fan of Matchbox Twenty, but I do like this oh, particular so Rob what? Thomas. It makes sense. Wait, no, I don't like the singer. Listen, you guys are jerk-offs. I'm just asking, is he developing a reputation for being a guy that is injury-prone, even though the injuries in which that he has sustained that I can remember are ones where he just got blasted He's just much. been a Gin Blossoms guy instead of Matchbox 20. Don't like Gin Blossoms uh, either. Hmm. No, no, I'm a Toad the Wet Sprocket guy if we're in that if we're in that really? vein. Did you I see they just Toad announced a tour? I no, I did not. Yes, they did, yeah. They Dude, just announced stop. a tour. You're just trying to pick a fight now, Ribs. That's, that's all you're trying Tom to Joey's do. Joey's a great guy. Dude, he might be a great guy. He is. All right, but he tried to move the Bills to Toronto, so he can go f himself. And also, that hair is terrible. Class. So, Robert what? Thomas, <laughs> dude, I will walk out of this podcast <laughs> right, goddamn Wait, now. Which part of what I said makes you walk out? Well, you, when you talked about giving Buffalo or giving the Bills some class by moving him to Toronto. All right, Jeff, Jerk. write that down so we know when we've had it with him, we just say that. Okay, yeah. Buffalo's the Toronto of the like South. It's, like How's it's that? easy for you jerk-offs <laughs> to get me rattled. Yeah, like it's true. easy. My God, that's like shooting fish in a barrel. For you Christ stood Christ. up and just spun around. Is that the signal of an end of a podcast? Or I, do, I want to know Robert Thomas' question first. We're up against a hard break, so hurry up. Okay. All right. So, Robert Thomas, he's had uh, quite a few injuries so far. Is it 
like that he's injury prone. Yeah, I think teams will tread lightly a little bit there. I think they'd like to see him play a full season without injury. Um, and the injuries he's had are kind of wacky and weird, and they've happened in crazy ways. He's going to have to learn to protect himself a little better. Like the injury the other night, you know, he turns his back on the to the guy. It's a bad hit. I'm not blaming Robert Thomas, but I've always said to any kid I've coached and any kid I've played with or a teammate, don't put yourself in a crappy position. You know, you're trusting that guy to be smart. Let me tell you, a lot of guys aren't smart. Right. <laughs> and especially when you're playing a bunch of guys that are fighting for jobs. Like at that point of the game, all the all the guys who were bubble players are out playing a lot because they back-to-back game and the coach is resting is good, guys. So you, they're trying to make an impression. Don't put yourself in that spot. Don't turn your back when you're in the middle of the ice and you get head first into the boards. Don't do that. Just put the puck in deep. Live to fight another day, man. Right. Boy, that's a guy that, that I, boy, I would just like to see him healthy. All right, so here we go. As of uh, whatever time it is now, 11.51, the Blues have not made a deal. What was your surprise for me, by the way? The other day I, you came in. I know and you I were left. I, I about left a him, big surprise. Yeah, I left him at home, and I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring him on Thursday. Where was that? Oh, you, he purposely walked into my office, and he's like, "I have a huge surprise, mm. and it's awesome." I can't wait. So yeah, when are we gonna awesome. get that Thursday? On Thursday, I just forgot today, man. I forgot. I was trying to get everybody out of the house this morning. So I. I'm so sorry. he wasn't thinking of you this morning. I was not. No, I wasn't. He was. When he I was trying to make surprise. sure my son was wearing pants as we left. So no, I absolutely slightly was more not. important. Yeah, he he just he really believes that that pants really are just tying the world down. They you are. know what I mean. Unless things have changed <laughs> from when I was in school, they do appreciate you wearing pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So I used to do this trick at the bar all the time. Oh okay? God. It's this is okay. It's safe for for is this listeners. the one with the lemons that you used to do. Uh, no, that was a different. That was on Thursdays, not right. Fridays. Now, I would when the winter time came, you know, you go out to the bar after the game and you got your overcoat, which is usually something kind of stylish, you know, mm-hmm. three quarter length, you know, trying to jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'd get a few beers in me, get a little buzz going, and I'd look over at a teammate. Usually it was noodles or or soupy, Jim Campbell or Jamie McLennan, and I go, "All right, I'm going to the bathroom. It's time." I'm like, "Okay." You know? No, he's you know you don't. And so I go to the bathroom, take my pants off, mm-hmm. and I leave them in the bathroom, and then come walking back out with you know the dress socks, the dress shoes, and then the trench coat and no pants. It looks like you know got no pants on. Right. And then we start the clock. See how long it takes before somebody notices. Notices that you don't have pants on, or there's wayward pants in the bathroom. <laughs> Sometimes I put the pants behind the bar, depending on oh. where we're at. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm just saying, if I walked into a public restroom and there's a pair of pants there, I might say something. Or something. Yeah, no, it's the funny part was usually disrobing in there, and people are like, "What? The? What is going?" And I'm like, oh, "It's hot out there," <laughs> you know. And just take the pants and either hang them up or give them to one of the waitresses or the bartender that are in the bathroom with you there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all about community help. Sure. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, you'd start the clock and see how long it took somebody to notice that you weren't wearing pants. And then once they did, how long it took for somebody to actually come up and like check it out or see if it was like actually real. The game within the game, guys. It oh was my gosh. So what's the, what timing was it normally? Like Usually, what's... depending on the bar, like depending how packed it was, um, if it was really packed, it took a long time, like 10, 15 minutes. And then people would get closer and kind of like, and then, of course, you know, girls would start to giggle. And right. I'd be like, what? You want to see what's underneath? <laughs> no, I didn't do that, Donnie. I didn't yes, do that. Yes, you did. No, no I didn't do that. Um, but, yeah, 10, 15 minutes would be a long time. Sometimes, like, right away. As soon as you come walking, I'll be like, well, hey, where's your pants? Right. I'm like, what? I don't have any. And just keep walking. Listen, wow. here's one thing if I could just ask you both. 
please do not tell my son about this, about this contest. <laughs> Don't tell Dexter about this because he will try to figure out a way to do this. And I just, you know what? I, I'm tired. Well, okay? Let, let yeah, the just... boy have some fun. <laughs> just, <laughs> Donnie, make it easy. Just buy him a trench coat and tell him to go to school in it. People oh, love it. Oh, God. Last I, gotta, I can have a couple extra trench coats I can give him if they if they come back from Jeff, the cleaners. Take, okay. it, take it off the person in the trunk. I, I'm, just, I'm so ready for this to be done. Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Listen, share this podcast with your friends. You want to send us an email, do that as well. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.